Hello and welcome to the Our Dad Stamps podcast. My name is Pete West and I've spent half a lifetime collecting stamps and more than 10 years buying and selling them. In these podcasts I want to share some personal stories, tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and maybe encourage a few non-philatelists to take up this fascinating and absorbing hobby. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome again to Our Dad Stamps podcast. My name is Pete. And I'm Sheila. Today we're going to be looking at stamp design and the processes involved in getting a stamp to the printers. Just a brief history. As everyone knows, in 1840 the first stamp was issued, uh, was the Penny Black, which had a picture of Queen Victoria. For the first 50 years or so, that's all stamps were, were generally pictures of the monarch or images of somebody important for that country and were used solely for the purpose of prepaying the postage costs. And they've been termed as definitive stamps. A definitive issue is a stamp that's whose sole purpose is to pay for the cost of the postage. However, after some time, postal authorities thought it would be a good idea to commemorate special events on stamps. And the first one in the world is attributed to Peru, who in 1870 printed a stamp to commemorate the 20th anniversary of the first railway in South America. And it had a picture of a train on it. And these became known as commemorative stamps. They're different in design because they usually depict a picture rather than a a monarch or a, a country leader. And they've become more and more popular as time goes by. The first one in Britain was produced in 1924 to celebrate the British Empire exhibition and it features a picture of a lion on the front to commemorate the the exhibition and it was actually produced in two years there's the first one has got it's a pair of stamps with 1924 on it one year and with 1925 on it the second year after this commemorative stamps were then printed occasionally for things like george v's silver jubilee or george VI's coronation but they were gradually getting more and more common as Queen Elizabeth came to the throne. By 1964, the British Post Office took the decision to issue more commemorative stamps each year. There was a special brief, and I'm I'm going to read this out because we'll come back to this a bit later. But the idea of commemorative stamps in 1964 was four things. Firstly, to celebrate events of national and international importance. Secondly, it was to commemorate important anniversaries. The third reason was to reflect the British contribution to world affairs, including the arts and sciences. And the fourth was to extend public patronage to the arts by encouraging the developments of minuscule art. Not quite sure what it means by minuscule art, but those those were the four criteria in which commemorative stamps were about to issue. And generally they issued about 13 stamps on different themes each year. How they come about those themes is a research department within the post office 
start studying in the previous year of what anniversaries or what events there are throughout the year which would work with stamp design um, or would work for the post office. And they come up, as I said, with about 10 or 12 different subjects. Once those subjects are agreed upon, they then approach four or five designers to come up with some ideas and produce some designs. These designers can range anything from well-known professional stamp designers to simply members of the public. And the most famous one for members of the public was the 1966 Christmas stamps in Great Britain, which children were invited to submit their designs. Whoever's doing the design, there's a couple of things that people have to bear in mind. And there's two things that are absolute requirement on every single stamp produced in Britain. One is a figurehead of the Queen, and the second is the value of the stamp. So those two things must be on the stamp. So I'm just thinking, have the post office ever done the Andy Warhol print of the Queen? Because that is the criteria, that's celebrating art, that's got the Queen on it. I bet that hasn't been done. That's a good question and I don't think I that don't know the answer. Done. I no. think that'd been far too out there for the post office. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Almost always the figurehead of the Queen nowadays is just a silhouette in the top right or top left corner. But the Queen's head has to be there somewhere. The only one I found that was different was the fiftieth wedding anniversary which simply showed a picture of the Queen and Prince Philip, but it still obviously had the picture of the Queen on it. So I still think the Andy Warhol stamp would just be brilliant, and they could do it in all the different colours, couldn't they? <laughs> they could. They so could. if anyone from the post office I've, design department is listening... I, I will check up on that. I vaguely remember that somebody has done the Andy Warhol stamps, but I'm not sure whether it's Britain or not. OK. So four or five people are invited to produce their designs, and they are sent into the post office... A stamp advisory committee looks at the designs and decide which one or which ones are to be looked at further. These designs are then put in what's called a proof or an essay, which is generally, an essay is generally a few variations on the same design with just little tweaks to see which one of those fits best. Eventually the, the committee decide which they think is best, but it then has to be sent off to the Queen for her final approval. And she has to authorise every single stamp that appears with her head on them. In other words, every single British stamp. Once that's been approved and the final design is completely agreed, then they are sent off to the printers for them to do their work and to print in whatever method has been decided that the stamp should be printed on. And that's basically it. So it's fairly straightforward. It goes through several committees and it takes several months depending on the stamp and depending on the urgency, but in general, it's probably about six months spent on each stamp before they're actually produced and ready for printing. And as we found out on previous podcasts, mistakes still can happen. If I can take you back to the four reasons for producing commemorative stamps, I had a look at last year's commemoratives that were produced in the UK, 2021, and I'm not sure some of these fit in with those design briefs anymore. And I just wonder whether there was a conscious effort to move away from this or whether it's just happened. But anyway, there were 16 different sets of stamps produced last year. So already they've extended it from 10 sets to 16 different sets. And those were, very quickly, there was a set about national parks, British national parks, fair enough, British interest. 
there was a celebration of the United Kingdom, which looked at the arts and the engineering, and that, again, fits the brief, I think. Then there was a set about the TV series Only Fools and Horses. Maybe that comes under the, uh, the development of arts, so we'll just about go with that one. Another set on the legend of King Arthur. Okay, British history, fair enough. A single stamp about the pop group Queen. Science fiction films. Uh, the War of the Roses. Historical interest, that, that makes sense. Paul McCartney. I wasn't aware that he did anything special last year, but he was included. It was a memorial set for Prince Philip, which is fair enough. In my view, that's a proper reason for having commemorative stamps. There was a set celebrating Dennis and Nasher from the Beano comics. Coastlands of Britain, Wild Coasts of Britain, Industrial Revolution, British Army Vehicles, interesting set, but one questions why that would come up as a special event last year. And the one that really gets me is DC Comics Collection. Now, in my view, nowhere does that fit British anything because it's an American comic company. I know English people, British people, read the comic, but why was it celebrated last year? And I'll just read the other two, and I'm going to come back to DC Comics. Rugby Union and the Christmas stamps. 16 sets of stamps in one year. To me, that just seems too many. And as we've just seen, also in my view, some of them are completely irrelevant and go beyond the brief that was discussed in 1964. Well, I've got a theory. I think, firstly... Somebody in the office has got a sense of humour, as in Beano and Only Fools and Horses. So instead of sticking traditionally to landscapes and etc., okay, let's have a look at popular culture. So I think somebody in the design department's got a sense of humour. And the second one, I think maybe we've got some younger people working in the design department. Well, yes, that's true. Younger people go for the Beano. Well, I think <laughs> I popular that... culture, as in, you know, the Queen stamp and um, what was the other one you said? Fools and Horses. Yeah, maybe. I, I think something more more popular than yeah. traditional landscapes and um, what was it, the Industrial Revolution, etc. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, they're trying to jazz them up and make them a bit more appealing to people. 16 sets in one year, as I said to me, seems a little excessive. So, Pete, I have a question. You've given us a list of all the collections that have been issued this year in 2021. How do people find out what stamps have been issued? Is there somewhere on the website they can go and it'll tell them all the different collections? Yes, the, the Royal Mail produce a list. It's quite late on in the year. They haven't actually produced the list for next year's stamps yet, but they produce a list at the end of the year for all the stamps that are coming out the following year and the dates that those stamps are coming out. Sometimes they give you a little preview, sometimes it's just the title of what the stamp is. But those are certainly available on the Royal Mail website and I believe they're also available in, in like the main post offices that they advertise them. And certainly before each set comes out, there are posters around in the post office to, to advertise them. Assuming people go to the post office. That's assuming people go to the post office, yeah. As I said, it, they are on the website, but again, um, who would look at specifically go to the website unless you're interested in stamps, of course. 
I just want to say one more thing about the post office. If we could go back to the DC stamps issue and have a look in a little bit deeper, just to see what the average stamp collector has to fork out these days. Because when I started collecting stamps, there was possibly two or three, four sets a year maximum, sometimes less than that, with just four stamps in them usually. And you bought a set of stamps, you bought first day cover, that was it. The DC collection, firstly, there's 12 stamps, cost you 10 quid. What, for the one set of the 12? For, for the set of the 12, yeah. Right. That's just ordinary stamps, that first class stamps. Then there's what they call a mini sheet, which is a group of stamps together all on one sheet. In this case, six different stamps all on one sheet together. That's another £5. Then there's a presentation pack, which gives you all the stamps with some details about the stamps, a little card and stuff. Then there's another mini sheet collection, which has got a couple of different mini sheets in it. Then there's three different first day covers. Then there's a generic sheet collection. Now I'm not entirely sure what a generic sheet collection is and whether they're even stamps, but the post office is selling a set for £11, £11.40. Then you can get the prestige stamp book collection, which has a booklet and loads of information about the stamps. You could even buy a limited edition one, which costs you 50 quid. What, for one stamp? For one presentation pack. Oh, presentation pack, okay. Then you can buy the stamps in books, you know, a booklet of stamps, and there's two different types of that. So if you bought the basics of each one of those stamps or packs on offer, it's cost you £116 for one issue of stamps, and there's 16 of those each year. Now, not every stamp collection has quite as much as this one, but to me, that's a ridiculous amount of money that the post office is expecting stamp collectors to fork out each year. Yeah, but if you think about it, how many people are actually using any form of a postage stamp? Now, probably not many. Most people are emailing. So they have got to shift their focus onto where can they make money. So they're obviously thinking, OK, we're going to produce these sets for collectors so let's not just produce a, a set of four. Let's do all these different packages and special editions. Yeah, that, people... but, but that is part of my point is most of these, I would suggest probably 90% sold and not even being used on envelopes. Well, yeah, I mean, that's it. I, I should imagine that type of stamp, you would not stick on an envelope unless you were sending it to another fan of the DC Comics. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether this is overkill on the part of the post office. There were more things in the DC collection that you could get. So far as going to a, a DC collection silver metal bundle, which the post office produces, which costs £199. If you're really into the DC comics, you might want to spend all this much on it. But I just wonder, how many of those do they actually sell? They must be making money, otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. But it does seem... Quite amazing to me and probably overkill, but maybe it's just me. Well, no, I don't think it's overkill because I think they've obviously got to make money. And if you're into something like this, even let, let's say, you know, you're into Paul McCartney, you would probably collect every one of those stamps. It's a bit like a collection of anything. You're going to try and collect the whole range or the, the whole set of whatever it is you're collecting. So... I mean, to me, this does make sense, but it's one of those things, when do you stop? You know, when do you bring in the, 
the super pack and then you'll bring in the super super bundle and yeah. then the super 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 bundle. Yes, so I just wonder, is the post office forgetting about the stamp collectors? If you bought just bought the stamps that came out last year, you're probably looking at about two hundred pounds. Yeah, but if you think about it, they are going to for the stamp collectors of today. You are collecting stamps from bygone eras that are not made anymore. This is stamp collecting for the modern day. This this is what this is. Yeah, but if you bought all that stuff, where are you going to store it? If you buy that stuff every year, where are you going to store it all? Says the man who's got catalogues <laughs> coming out of his ears. But there no, are... This to me makes total sense because this is bringing stamp collecting to modern day. A lot of traditional stamp collectors have collected all the stamps from George the this and Queen that all around the world. But this is modern culture. This is bringing stamp collecting to the modern day. I think this is the way the post office is, is presenting stamps for the modern day collector. Uh, an interesting point. Anyway, I thought I'd highlight that and I just wonder, people listening out there, what your thoughts are on this. Do you think the post office is going the right way, trying to encourage new people to get into stamp collecting by doing something different, doing something a little bright and imaginative? Or do you think they're trying to take advantage of us collectors and, and just making money out of us? But anyway, let us know your thoughts, whether, as I said, whether you think this is the right way to go for the post office or whether you agree with me in that this is possibly overkill. But maybe that's because I'm a traditionalist and an old dinosaur, as I think I've said before. <laughs> Thank you for listening and tune in again next week for... Tune in again next week. Come on, going back. Yes. You, said, you did say the word dinosaur. <laughs> yes. Listen again next week uh, for another edition of Our Dad Stamps podcast. Well done, Pete. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and maybe you've learnt a little too. I would love to hear from you with your tips and stories. I can be found on Facebook and Instagram as Our Dad Stamps, as well as through my online shops at eBay and Delcamp. Listen again next week for another episode of the Our Dad Stamps podcast.